0: gorgeous george and are you ready junkie nation are you ready well, let's get it all from the fight capital of the world
1: las
2: vegas nevada this is MMA junkie radio, junkie radio.
0: What's going on, Junkie Nation? Gorgeous George and goes reporting for duty here on a Thursday morning. Excited to talk to you for the next hour or so as we discuss the latest in mixed martial arts. A little bit of news, but two good interviews. on uh, Adrian Yanez, excuse me. <sighs> Almost said Andre. Adrian Yanez will be a guest of ours. He's got a fight coming up against Rob Font. They just signed it. It's going to be UFC 287. You know us. We'll be digging. Where's it going to be at? We kind of already have a date, April 8th. One day before our mom turns 80. So that was an easy one to remember. And as far as uh, Randy Couture, he'll be our next guest. He is calling fights. He's a legend. He already did the work. He's in the Hall of Fame titles everywhere. Now he commentates for the PFL, and PFL is starting their Challenger Series. Eight straight weeks. Remember, this is where the lesser-known, unknown fighters uh, compete for a chance to be part of the regular season and then possibly even their uh playoffs in which one man or woman can win a million dollars it almost happened last year with delano taylor he came up just short against sadabusi all right folks two guests and lots of news check myself before I wreck myself first I said there's not much news and then uh, as we left to the break I said lots of news no there's not that much news to be honest and that's why we're going a little bit later this week we wanted to see what we could accumulate before we spoke to you and then last night we had power slap which I did watch from beginning to end so uh, I can discuss that and of course some of the news nuggets that there are out there. So, first of all, Conor McGregor is hinting at possibly being one of the next Ultimate Fighter coaches. He says he's been offered it recently. And then Michael Chandler even had those little those little curious eyes. What do they call those? Like peepers? Yeah, you know those eyes like, "Ooh, what's going on over here?" Yeah, uh, one over far- it. it's one of my favorite emojis. Yeah. And, you know, he really wants that Conor McGregor fight, and who doesn't? McGregor against anyone's exciting. Chandler against anyone's exciting. Put them both together, holy cow. Um, a season of tough, that might be the best thing for McGregor goes, because there's also these allegations that have surfaced about a young lady who says she was uh, attacked by McGregor on his yacht in Ibiza, like they say it over there. I've always said Ibiza. Ibiza, some island off the coast of Spain. If you're looking at Spain and you see Barcelona, just to the right of that, in the Mediterranean, Ibiza. EDM, lots of EDM, electronic dance music is played there. It's a big party uh, island and destination, I should say. It is an island. And, uh, yeah, she says this happened last summer. Um, He attacked her and... She actually jumped off the boat. Goes a a harbor boat came rescued her, and she filed some sort of a complaint, but didn't really didn't really do too much after that. Until she got to Ireland, and now in Ireland, where everything's kind of like more uh, secretive, private. Like they don't release um, athletes. Uh, they, they don't release names or anything like that. They'll call them Irish sports star. That's what happened last time. Uh, they keep it under wraps. Well, whatever she complained about in Ireland is kind of matching what was said in Ibiza, Spain. And I don't know. You know, of course, McGregor has already denied it. And But this is one of those like rages of temper. Apparently, she's known him for a while and things were cool, and then it was just like a Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde situation. Again, allegations, let the man have his day in court, but I don't see him coaching anytime soon, I guess is what I'm trying to say. But if he does, that might be the best thing for him in the sense that maybe it'll just give him a, a whiff of MMA and off these damn boats, dude, get, fix your leg, and if you're ever going to do something, have a last run in MMA – then maybe this will be hit. I don't know. He wasn't the best coach last time. I remember he would show up late. Anyway, unpack it all.
3: Yeah, I mean, I don't see him coaching anytime soon. That's, to me, borderline ridiculous. It'd be like like if you were caught slapping your wife on camera and then like you, t- you started like a leak where people slap each other. Like, come on, that's just not going to happen, right? Uh, Conor mm-hmm. McGregor coaching uh, an Ultimate Fighter TV show after these type of allegations? That'll never happen. Like, dude, that's for sure. That is the ultimate distraction, is what that show should be called. Because to me, the timing of releasing this versus what's in the news right now on him, to me, just seems like the ultimate distraction. I think that's, that's why they did it. Um, if he does it, I mean, look, we can only talk about it as allegations right now. But if we break down what this young lady said, think about the terror you have to be in to decide, it's safer for me to jump overboard into the ocean than to be on the yacht with this guy, right? Mm-hmm. I hope to God this isn't true, um, because if it is, that's that's terrifying shit, man. And that's another thing we don't need. This year has been absolutely nuts for fighters. Um, for Conor McGregor, as a person, as a family man, as a fighter, you know, if we want to see him come back and fight. Like, holy crap. Uh, if you're the UFC and you're thinking, all right, we just let Francis Nganu go, uh, that's one less star. But hey, one day we're, you know, we finally got John Jones back and one day we're going to get back Conor McGregor. Like, dude, this is just Dana. I probably picked up his phone and threw it through a wall or something. Mm. Not that I'm comparing the two, but
0: as you were saying that, I remember in 2001, there were people that would rather jump out of one of the tallest buildings Mm -hmm. on earth than to burn to death.
3: Yeah. I was just watching a thing on that yesterday.
0: Yeah. I don't know how many bodies did it, but I remember firemen that were interviewed kept saying they'd hear a plop, you know, and Mm -hmm. that was nasty. All right. Sorry to bring that back. Uh, All right. Some other news. Uh, Here's a fight booking. How about that? (laughs) Let's clean the palette a little bit. Uh, Modestus Bukakis returns to fight Tyson Pedro at UFC 284. Now, that's not the world's biggest news, but I want to give a shout-out to Modestus because he did a keys to victory for us when we did our last watch-along. And here he pops up a uh, a few days later. But guess what? That fight's on February 11th. Today's January 26th. Now, it's possible that they told old Modestus, hey, just stay in shape. We got something cooking. Or maybe this is a late notice. Who knows what? But why are they doing these two so late? It's it, it again bothers me. I don't know if ticket sales are slow over there. I don't know that this would really help it. Or they found themselves in a situation where they go, Hey, wait a minute, we haven't offered this guy a fight in so long, or why such a late fight booking?
3: Yeah, I don't know. That was kind of odd. But uh good for him for season the moment. Um but yeah, that is pretty odd. There's no shortage of fighters that are
0: calling out Jamal Hill already. The guy barely got off the plane from Rio de Janeiro. This probably still smells like Caipirinhas, you know, mm-hmm. and partying and stuff. But yeah, uh, Yuri Prochaska has already said, I'm coming or something like that, standing in the snow. Of course, Jamal Hill did a nice playback against him. And he's out in the snow and. You know he kind of he, he kind of cracked the joke a little bit. You got to check it out. It's all on the front page of MMA Junkie, and everything's also available on our free app, available for all mobile phones, and tablets. But at the same time goes, Alex Pajeda is saying, "Well, how about I bump up and fight and fight you? What do you think of that?" And oh. this guy just won the title at middleweight. That's ridiculous, huh? But isn't that what? Um, Islam Makashev's doing, he's, he he just won the title, but he's defending against the guy that's coming up to him. Well, so yeah. you know, this used to be reserved for two guys that have wiped out their division. Let's do it. They're both great. But one guy just won the title, and he's moving up to fight. Another guy just won the title. So he's got like one of the busiest divisions at 155, and they're bringing up the 45 guy to fight him.
3: Yeah, it's uh, way, way too soon for that. You know, obviously that's fueled possibly by uh, Glover Teixeira, right, using that angle. Because if you throw that out, like, I don't think anybody's really clamoring for this right now. It doesn't make much sense. Um, It's kind of like in the music industry where sometimes you'll see, like, people say, uh, let's put another album together. And they go, no, let's just grab you and, and throw you next to someone and collaborate and get a single out. Like, it just seems unnecessary. Yeah, um, Yeah,
0: I guess there is this saying, put it out in the universe and maybe it'll happen one day, and maybe that's what's happening here. And look, it's not like I'm not excited about it, because that is a big dude, Alex Pajada. And it looks like he'd be just as big of, of a cat as Jamal Hill, and that's the testament to how much he cuts to get to, get to 185. He, I think at one point, wants to avenge anything that may have happened to his mentor, Glover Teixeira. Well, Glover Teixeira just took an ass open from Jamal Hill. But again, bro, you don't even have 10 fights in MMA, much less the UFC. And you got a division of killers that are stoked because Izzy's out of the way. Now they get a fresh shot at the champ. Handle
3: that first. You know what I mean? Yeah, there's plenty of for both of them to do. Plenty. there's no nobody in on earth is asking for this fight if it happens we'll tune in of course that's just kind of what we have to do but um rankings wise and all that it just really has no sense we're ready
0: for our first guest Adrian Yanez again a fight was just booked versus Rob Font for April 8th UFC 287 let's dig in What's going on, Junkie Nation? Gorgeous George and are back with another superstar from the sport of mixed martial arts. Of course, we're talking to Bantamweight, Adrian Yanez, who's got a big fight coming up against Rob Font on April 8th, UFC 287. The fight was just announced. What's going on, Adrian? How are you?
2: Man, I am doing great, man. Loving living life, man. And yeah, I got a really big fight in front of me, man. I'm super excited, especially a name like Rob Font, man. I can't get any better than that.
0: Exactly. And, you know, we've been talking for a long time, kind of taking you through the steps, Dana White contender series and slowly getting matched up. No disrespect Mm -hmm. to past opponents. It's just the progress everyone goes through. Right. Mm -hmm. Except you've been on the winning end of a lot of your fights, which has gotten you to this position. But I wanted to ask you, how much better are you now than at Dana White contender series when we were all excited about your prospects prospects then
2: <laughs> yeah and honestly uh as of right now it, like the best way to explain it is that i'd beat the shit out of myself <laughs> back then so mm-hmm. yeah no I've, I've gotten so much better been able to work on every uh, everything and then have having key components in my training camp that just happened to line up together got more training partners high level training partners and then on, on top of that you know everything that kind of went on with my coach uh was able to find people that have worked with my coach and my coach highly respected like yvette Edwards and uh, Michael Chase Corley and then uh, you know just making my team stronger so yeah uh, I've grown leaps and bounds from that first Dana White Contender Series and you know just moving on uh, afterwards has been been kind of like it's kind of like a like a sigh of relief too because now it's it's one of those things it's it's if it's official for me that where I'm like I'm here and I'm like ranked and you know knowing that I deserve to be here kind of kind of gives me that extra little bit of like confidence because like before i was ranked before i had my first like couple two UFC fights man i was it's always that question of like whether you deserve to be here but now like me at the age i am now and like the dish i am now it's like the rank the ranking and everything is just like oh yeah now i'm here i'm like different mindset and everything so it's like it, it's 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 been it's been a super blessing with how my whole entire career is kind of pl- planned out and panned out you know so it's 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 good i love it man complete different change from the contender series now
0: mm-hmm. speaking of contender series we have a new champion from the contender series Jamal hill are you more happy for him as a fellow fraternity brother of dWS dwcs excuse me or are you more like oh man that could have been me
2: yeah, man. It's, I'm happy. I'm happy for him, man. I'm really, really am happy for him. It kind of, you know, for the longest time, uh, another contender series guys were like they got up. Some have gotten up there, but a lot of them like weren't able to get it, you know, so, uh, you know, and a lot have gotten super close and like even to the point where like they're in title contention, you know, in the next fight and then, you know, lose that fight. So, yeah, no, I'm ha- I'm I'm really happy to see Jamal Hill go out there and get the win, you know, because it kind of solidifies what the contender series is about, you know. We have they have they've had so many uh, Ultimate Fighter, you know, champs, but you know, finally we have a Dana White contender series champ, and it's a good one too, because man, it's, it's exactly what you get. Like you sometimes when you're watching this, the contender series, you get a guy who's like five and 0, 6 and zero, and like kind of like uh, those guys that are just like coming in. Not the prettiest records coming in, but you know, like as in like uh opponent wise, but uh Jamal Hill came in, surprised everybody, went up there and just knocked everybody out, stayed on a continued uh win streak. And it kind of shows that man, like the contender series is about to start building a whole bunch of champs, they're gonna have an influx of champs, you know. So it's it's ha- for me, I'm more happy that. He- he broke that barrier for a lot of us and now it's like kind of like it's going to happen now you're going to start seeing contender series uh champ contender series champ contender series champ you know so I, I i'm really excited you know of course it you you always strive to be that that first one but yeah. the fact that it was uh that it was hill you know like it it makes it a lot more a lot better because i like to feel like i, I like his style and i love the way he fights and he goes out there and puts it on the line every single time and uh, just seeing him go out there and get that strap was was really, really cool.
0: And I imagine it lifted the the your confidence level as well. I mean, you have to be confident, first of all, to fight in your underwear in front of thousands in the arena, millions <laughs> at home. But on top of that, like, hey, w- w- what's the quality of this batch? You know, like mm-hmm. first Ultimate Fighters, first Dana White Contender Series fighters. Now one guy goes out there and wins it. And now you got to feel like, yeah, that's just the process, except now we're going through this channel versus the old channel, I imagine
2: oh yeah 100 percent. like it, it just like just like i said it's gonna it's gonna open a, a door of influx of fighters coming in and knowing that it's possible and even just for myself you know I, I didn't think i'd be in this position there's a lot of ultimate fighter fighter fights that like fighter fighters like i don't yeah i know contender series fighters that get into the ufc but are quickly like taken out you know so there's like there's going to be a lot more confidence in these guys coming in and be like no I'm here I can make it not just be a couple stint like a a one contract fighter I can be here and be here for a very long time you know there's a lot of guys in there that that like I look at like I was w- watching a Dan Danny and Dan Ige has been one of those guys that's kind of like one of those guys that I looked at as inspirational too cuz he got on the contender series and now he's made a Made himself pretty much like an MMA household name. You know, everybody knows who Dan Ige is. You know, he's going out there and flatlined a couple guys, and also put up phenomenal performances against uh, really tough, tough opponents. You know, and Jamal Hill is one of those guys too. He, Hill goes out there, he's he's put out almost everybody, and then goes out there and wins a title on top of that. It just, it just makes the confidence up there, and make us be like, no, like how can I say it? we are championship material coming out the contender series. We just need to, you know, continue to keep evolving. Cause I feel like, uh, like in the ultimate fighter, like a lot of those guys came in wanting to be the champion, wanting to be the the cream of the crop. And, you know, you got us now starting to come in just being like, all right, we're the cream of the crop now, you know, if, if that makes sense.
0: Yep. UFC bantamweight Adrian Yanez joining us here on the program, fighting again, uh, April 8th, UFC 287. Uh, Don't know the location yet. Maybe AY will tell us after the interview. Uh, goes, what do you have for Adrian? Well, maybe
3: he'll tell us during the interview. We never
0: yeah, know. Tell <laughs> tell you, come on. You have to dust off the passport? Is it oh. domestic? Are we going to see you in a few weeks? You know we're in Las Vegas. You know, I, if, I, if you want me to show up.
2: I wish. I really wish I knew. I had a TBD to on my contract so I would I would definitely like let y'all know. Yeah. But yeah, no, I'm still trying to figure out where I where I'm going to be fighting. Okay. Uh, a lot of speculation has been uh, been Brooklyn, but the last I heard it, I feel like they're kind of straying away from it. Mm. But uh yeah, I'm not 100% sure. I kind of don't want to go to New York just because of the tax reasons. You know, I'm just like either Florida, Texas, or, you know, let's let's go back to Nevada or some, something, you know. So, uh, yeah, yeah, no. Uh, it'd be fun to fight in Brooklyn. It'd be fun to fight in New York uh, MSG. But uh, the taxes on my end, I'm just like, hey, eh, you know, let's, let's just stay in, an, in, a, in a no taxes, you know, fight fight area, you know.
3: Well, yeah. I have an idea. It might not be for this fight, but look over your right shoulder. Oh yeah. Good old Mexico. <laughs> yeah. I would hundred percent love to do that. I would hundred percent
2: love to do that. Yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd go there a hundred percent like fighting in Mexico would probably be one of the, all those things that be surreal for me, you know, cause man, my family, my like my mom's size family, especially man. Uh, you know, I I always make the joke that my mom is still illegal. She only got the papers. Through. Well, you know, she did get the papers through my dad being married, but, uh, yeah, no, uh, that, that would be cool going back going back and kind of just representing my mom's side of the family hundred percent you know and i think that'd be amazing um yeah yeah no that 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 actually that actually sounds really good being it would be cooler to be able to represent mexico for my mom's side of the family like my grand my grandfather my grand my grandmother and everything i think that'd be i think that'd be really cool just not just an honor for them you know that 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 would be super awesome. I would love to do that. Yeah. Cause I feel like I fight like I fight like a Mexican fighter anyways. So I, I feel like it's just bound to happen. Me fighting Mexico like a Mexican fighter, knocking
3: somebody out. That'd be fun. There you go. Well, look, I know we're I promise you, we're gonna get to Rob Bunt. It's over here over <laughs> Mike, right? But I do wanna kinda add on to that Dana White contender series with line of questioning that George is asking. Mm-hmm. Um, are you gonna be next, dog? Like there's a couple of these guys that are creeping up. You think you'll be the next one to get the
2: belt? Oh yeah, I I feel so, I feel so. But the top the top contender right now, the number one guy is up there, Sean O'Malley. So depends on how everything plays out. This sport is very crazy, where it's you know it can actually be like. Sean gets that next fight. Let let's just say he lands the shot that knocks either Suhudo or Al- Aljo out. It'd be really cool to get the two contender series. You know, guys fighting for fighting for a belt. You got one defending, one challenging. That'd be pretty cool itself because that's yeah. a possibility as well. And I think that'd be the first time that happened too. So that'd be another first. But yeah, I I think I, I think I'm along the lines that that would be next. I just need to get through off get through Rob Font. Now, that's that's all that's on my mind right now. The belt, you know, it's it's nice, it's pretty, you know. Make it bumps up the paychecks, uh. But if, none of that happens if I if I get slept by Font, you know.
3: Are you in a hurry to make all of this happen? Because I know you said you're focused on Rob Font, but throughout your career, we've noticed you have been kind of patient, and, and we do feel like that's maybe played in your favor and worked out for you. Um, you know, all the the, the talk about the belt and all that—is it stuff that you just kind of see in the future, or do you think? right time right place maybe that could happen sooner than we think
2: like honestly i'm in no rush i'm in, i'm in no rush man everything's gonna everything's gonna fall into place the way it falls into place i'm not really uh you know as things come you know i've i've always kind of been that person that never like kind of rushes for anything you know i let the uh i like I like the delayed gratification type deal, you know, just like in investing, you know, just like if you put all your eggs in one basket way too soon, you know, even though you didn't make, you're just like, hi, everybody's like, the get rich quick scheme, you know, put all your money in this. And then next, thing you know, you tank, uh, yeah. I like to make sure that I get like a good solid ground and just make sure that I know what I'm doing and I know what I'm getting myself into, you know, just like in the sport, just in general, like there's a lot of things that could go wrong, but if you take your time and do things right. Everything's going to plan out and be, you know, it can be very, very fruitful for you. So on my end, I'm in no rush, but if the opportunity presents itself on, uh, for me, then by all means, I'm going to, I'm going to jump in, dive in head first and, you know, make the most of the opportunity. Cause you never know when the opportunity is going to come again. So I'm also, I'm going to be very like, you know, I can be patient, but also at the same time opportunity pops up, I'm for sure gunning for it. Cause man, you know, the opportunity may never come again.
3: Mm -hmm. And and you have a lot of similarities with Rob Font, the way you guys fight. And I'm curious, is this a thing where, you know, both of you are going to be in front of you, and I'm sure at some times the game plan will just get thrown out the window and the toughness from both guys are going to come out. And then I can also see both of you uh, have been very cerebral in your fights, a lot of strategy. Is it going to be a mixture of the both? Is it going to be one or the other? How do you see this fight playing out, Adrian?
2: Honestly, I feel like the fight is going to play out it's going to be a mixture. I feel like we're going to take each other's take each other's approach very seriously. We both know we have power in each other's in, in 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 both hands and we both know that at the end of the day one of us one of us can go out. So I really think it's just going to be a mixture of both. You know, I'm I'm really I'm really planning, I'm really like we're game planning and everything and we're going to be the uh I feel like we're gonna be the one that comes out on top, uh, but I'm not taking Rob Font any type of lightly because he has he has a phenomenal jab, he has a phenomenal uppercut, he has a phenomenal overhand. His left hook, you know, I feel like could you know is is not is not as strong as mine, but I know I feel like I can I can get through, I can find the cracks, and it's, it, it'll be one of those. I know as soon as he gets hit, he's gonna want to come back, and as soon as I get hit, I'm gonna want to come back. So we're gonna be fighting the urge to want to keep our feet in the center of the ring and just duke it out. Cause I know we both don't want brain damage, but at the same time we're, we're two warriors that are going to just sometimes just going to have to bite down on the mouthpiece and just get after it, you know, and on my end, I feel like I hit harder. So it'd be a detriment to him if he, if he, uh, if he tried that, but you know, it's going to be a fun one. It's going to be a fun one, man. I really can't wait. Like, it's like, I feel like, I feel I really feel like this is going to be the coming out party for me on my end just because I know what type of fight, what type of fight he brings. And, you know, I'm I'm kind of always looking back and I'm always I'm always really pissed off about my Randy Costa fight. And this fight for me kind of redeems it for me on my end, because like uh, that fight itself, that Randy Costa fight with everything I had went on, like I, I was really upset that how that became like more of like a a banger type fight i thought i was going to do it very cleanly but this one it's like more like i get to redeem myself on that where the guy can come in he can take a shot and i know he's not going to stop coming forward and he has a really good jab he he has really good boxing and for me it's going to be like kind of redeeming for on my end because you know i get very upset about a lot of my performances but i feel like this one i'm I'm not going to be very upset you know i'm going to be not content but like i'm always going to be looking to get better But it's going to be something I can look back and be like, you know, I did a really good job with that
0: one. Man, you're a harsh critic. All I I remember is you finishing Randy Costa in round two in what was a very exciting fight. But I guess there are some finer minute details in there of what you're looking for, you know, striving for, like you said, be more clinical, Mm -hmm. maybe take less damage and uh, and, uh, issue that damage.
2: Oh yeah. 100%. I, I'm, I'm, I'm always very critical in my performances. Like I, I'm always looking, I'm always see, trying to see what I can get better. Uh, yeah. th- there's, there's, it's, it's one of those things for me that like I, it's, it's kind of always hard for me to stay happy with the victory. Uh, cause I just look and I'm always breaking down my fights and I'm always trying to look to see how somebody else can beat me. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, and I'm always looking I'm like, yeah, you know, I feel I can, I feel if I was fighting me, I want to do this. I want to do this. I want to do that. So like, I, I'm, like, my mind's always just going, going, trying to get better, trying to do something, you know. And, yeah, I think the only fight that that I'm, like, satisfied with is the last one.
0: Okay. Are you going to weigh 135 on April 8th or April 7th? You know
2: 130, what I mean? 135, I, I'll, I'll plan to weigh it, but I'm always going to get that extra pound leniency. I don't care. <laughs> like, I'll, I'll take advantage of it. But if I float off that pound by the time Wayne's comes, then I, I'll be on the dot. <laughs>
0: You don't think it'd be wise to maybe weigh one thirty five? There's rumors of a title fight that same night.
2: Yeah, if if there if it is, then it, then it is. Uh, but on my end, on my end, I'm gonna come in like I've usually weighed in at one thirty five, even uh, most of my fights coming in. Yeah. But I'm, I'll give myself the pound leniency. But yeah. if, if something were to happen and I need to step in, you know, I'm gonna take that opportunity. Just like I said earlier. Yeah. Just like I said earlier. I'm small hander, right? Yeah. If if the opportunity. Uh, Uh, you know, comes up, you know, then then I'm there to down there to take it because I know what that I know what that type I know what that does. That changes my family's life. That changes a lot on my end. So, you know, I'm just here trying to put trying to, you know, get my kids college fund going so I can make sure that he has a better life than I have. You know, doesn't have to get punched. He can do do it all with his
0: brain and just be smart, you know, Uh, instead of like on my end, you know. Right. um And I guess it'd be fair to ask. So would maybe 90% of your can't be focused on font maybe five percent on how to fight an olympic wrestler and <laughs> another five percent on how to fight someone with an amazing back take and uh, you Man. know just give, give them a little bit of love you never know you might be in that matchup
2: yeah no I, I honestly think the front's gonna shoot so like on my end i've already been i've already been uh working on the wrestling i've already been working on the jiu-jitsu i've already been working on like a a lot of things like from the from the ground uh from jiu-jitsu to the wrestling to the clinch work to the muay thai and to to the boxing and everything so i've had like all last year after after my last fight in july uh my last fight in june july i got worried about font and after that like i just kind of been training just trying to get better everywhere and so i've been i've been working on everything i've never really kind of been out the gym and you know, uh, after, after training with some really high level guys, I was like, you know, I, I need to work on a lot of these things. So I started working on this, working, doing my best to close the gap and then being able to train with someone like Rafion Stosh, and then, uh, then also a guy who's really good with jujitsu and Matt Snell and then being able to work with those guys, uh, you know, pretty much on the daily has been helping me out on my end. So yeah. And then I have a great boxer, uh, Cameron Smotherman uh, throwing hands at me. So yeah, man, I feel like I'm, I'm ready to take on any challenge if I'm being honest with you. So uh, yeah, just just consistently just been working, man. I can't I can't not work on anything, you know. I can't just strictly just focus on uh, you know. Oh, Font's a really good boxer, you know. He's going to come in just boxing heavy because I honestly think he's going to shoot. So that's been making me work on
3: everything, Adrian. So last thing on Font for me, uh, we know him pretty well, and we'll probably speak to him as well. And we feel like we've gotten to know you pretty well as well. So here's what I'm proposing: this fight takes place in las vegas after the fight on sunday george and i will take you to rob bond's favorite burger place which is probably one of ours fuku burger <laughs> large dr pepper and a fuku burger and we'll all just uh have a nice day what do you think oh man that, i think
2: that'd be nice i think that'd be really really nice if it if it's definitely there in vegas oh for sure you don't have to tell me that because uh there's been uh, there's a, the couple times i've been to vegas and i was cutting weight my training partner wanted to go to that spot and I didn't want to be just at the hotel. So I went with them and I was just watching them eat some really cool. good food. So yeah, no, I would hundred percent want to do that. Yeah, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Whenever y'all interview font, tell him, I said, hello, <laughs> I
3: hope he's getting the weight down.
2: <laughs> I hope he's doing it safely, you know, and uh, you know, bless him and his
3: family. And, and then uh, I'm going to give you a little preview of something that we may talk about on Monday on our spinning back <laughs> episode. So George will get a little bit of a preview too, but I was thinking, all right, We talked about Jamal Hill, first Dana White Contender Series champion. Um, If you go back to what you guys are always compared to, which is the Ultimate Fighter, their first champion was Forrest Griffin, same weight class. So I'll put both of you guys on the spot here. (laughs) What happens? If you were to take that Forrest Griffin that won the championship off the Ultimate Fighter and the Jamal Hill off of Dana White Contender Series, How's that fight play out? Ooh, okay. So... If we got that fight in both their
2: primes, if I'm being 100% honest with you, I feel Hill would take it. I feel Hill would take that fight just like if we're doing the hypotheticals, you know, Forrest Griffin and his and, and his ultimate fighter. Oh, wait, are we talking about when they won the belt or are you talking about yeah. when they won? Like, okay, so if we're talking when about when they, they won won the belt, belt,
3: whatever like, their skill level
2: was at that moment, if they were to meet, I um, feel I feel. I feel Jamal Hill would take that one. I feel like Jamal is like, I feel cause at, at the end of the day, MMA is just getting all, all well-rounded way better. You know, like back in the day, a lot of people didn't really uh, defend the single, how they defend the single. Now a lot of people didn't know how to mix in jujitsu with the wrestling. They didn't know how to mix it up. Even though I feel like I feel Forrest Griffin did that pretty well. I just feel like right now it's on a whole different level and you just kind of see, someone like Jamal Hill look, he had someone on top of him like Glover to share and man like and he's really good and really good good and legit on the ground and Glover wasn't able to hold him down too too much longer and wasn't able to put him in any like super serious like uh bad positions uh and keep him there you know i felt like Jamal Hill would 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 get that would get that win for sure
0: yeah, and I would agree. Uh, it just MMA's evolved in the last ten years or so. I think Griffin won his title about twelve years ago. Then he lost to another Ultimate Fighter uh, in Rashad Evans. But um, the difference to me would be Hill's one punch power that he has that uh, Griffin probably lacked. Not that I want to get hit by Griffin, mm-hmm. you know, so that I can be proven wrong. But yeah, Hill. Hill. I think even Griffin would would acknowledge that he's just a harder hitter. He's very accurate, very clinical. You know, in round one when he heard Glover, he probably could have just uh, actually unloaded, you know, the chamber and, and really gone after him. But he, he exhibited some nice patience and it allowed him to carry on and keep strong throughout, even in round five, when Glover Teixeira, if I'm not mistaken, got some more ground time. So, you know, Hill v- fought very, very smart. And uh, they've all learned from their predecessors. All these young fighters like Adrian Jamal, they've learned from their predecessors. So if anything, it's a shout out to a guy like Forrest Griffin. Oh, yeah, 100%. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, Adrian, thank you so much for the time. We really appreciate it as always. Huge, huge fight. And, and I'm glad we we got to talk to you to react to now as you are probably putting together your camp and then getting ready to, you know, to uh, put the hard hat on and go to work, right? Oh, and yeah. then sometime maybe around five week, we'll hopefully we'll connect again. And if it's in Vegas for sure afterwards, Fuku Burger Baby number four oh, with mushrooms oh, yeah. and the teriyaki sauce, plus oh. a big old Dr. Pepper.
2: Oh, we're, I'm there. I'm there, 100%. <laughs> Don't
0: forget the jazz right. All right, man, take care. We'll talk to you soon. Yeah, have a good one. All right, see
2: you.
0: Goes I have a knack for catching bullshitters. But when he said, guys, I would really, really tell you, well, first of all, I'm not sure he would have, but he just said the contract said TBD to be determined. Mm-hmm. I'm hearing rumors of it could be in New York. However, they also linked that possible card with, Hudo and Sterling, and Sterling has flat out said, "I can't fight in New York because of a of a neck issue from college or, or whatever. He just can't get cleared. So that's why I'm not so sure that they might be going to New York. Now Dana White was asked about this: Are you going to Dana? Are you going to to New York in April? And he said, I think he said, yeah, and kind of laughed it off. The guy was real subtle in the way he asked it. But it was at the last paper, no, it couldn't have been. He wasn't in Rio de Janeiro, so it must have been the Apex or something like that. He just kind of mentioned it, and it was a question after a bunch of stuff like, Why'd you slap your wife or whatever? If one guy snuck that one in. I heard it, mm-hmm. um, so I don't know. I've kind of heard conflicting things, but if Aljo's on that card, it's not in New York unless Aljo managed to clear something. But then the other thing with Aljo is the bicep, he says he's got a detached bicep or torn bicep, and he was trying to rehab that followed it the last two fights, and, uh, you know, I don't know. Uh, what, what we do know is Yanez is fighting Fonto.
3: Yeah, that's, that's a scrap. That's a really good fight. I'm looking forward to it, and uh, I'm looking forward to some Fuku Burger, too. Yeah, I'm glad you
0: threw that out there, and the Jazz Fries. Don't forget about that. Yeah. All right, it's inevitable. I'll talk about it for a little bit. Power Slap League, and... Uh, all right. What can I tell you about this thing goes so they filmed what what I watched was more matches. They keep calling them fights. They're not fights like one guy can't even defend himself. I, I would call them matches for starters. They call them slappers. I'd call them contestants and I certainly wouldn't call them fighters. Slappers just seems kind of weird. I know they're slapping but I'd say they're competing, they're competitors. Um and yeah. They they they're just trying so hard at times with these terms, oh, leaning, clubbing, stepping, tripping, wit twitching. I mean, I don't know, making shit up, but you know, and and they got the referees there and they're all in these positions and they're just trying too hard to call this a sport. I don't I I call it an event. Oh, I apologize, that me. Not you. Yeah. Um, I'd call it maybe an event. I don't, I don't, I can't get to it that it's a sport for me. I can't get to it. Not when I watched Manchester United and Nottingham Forest earlier that day, and I see these incredible skills and talents. You know what I mean? And here, granted, man, I would not want to get the snot slapped out of me by any of these guys. They got some big powerful, powerful hands some big old stiff necks, they're strong dudes, they're probably badass fighters, I bet you some, I mean, some of them have come from MMA, and some of them maybe could do MMA, I don't know, right, but it just, I don't know, I I haven't been able to stomach it all, and go the route of what I was saying, sport, athletes, this, that, whatever, Um, a lot of them feel that way, hey, I'm a professional athlete, And good for you, dog. If you can win some money, I'm all in for you. You're already there. I can't change it. Some of it was recorded late last year. Some of it was recorded again later on because I saw some of the same competitors give second chances. Um, Now, what I can tell you is some of those guys that competed had lost in the first episode, and then months later they came back. And what do we say in MMA? If you've been knocked out, you've probably been concussed. And if you've been concussed, you don't want to, well, in fighting, we say, you don't want to fight anytime soon. And here they seem to be competing within the same year. Now, you know, again, the last one I heard was in March. This one, I'm not sure when it was. So there may have been enough time in between that maybe you're like, okay. But it's inevitable. And something – Something Dana White said because he went on a he did a chat before the 10 p.m. showing because it was a 7 p.m. showing and a 10 p.m. showing. Remember, it's 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific, but then later on in the West Coast, they do it at 10 p.m. again for those that have cable. And he went on live for like five minutes. He was answering a few questions. And that was one of the questions, you know, that was brought to him was what about the the head trauma and he goes in boxing 300 400 times you get hit in the head and here it's only three that's that's not untrue Mm -hmm. however the concussion is what we're concerned about i mean yeah the repetitive head trauma for sure of course that sucks but not every shot's also landing cleanly some go to the body some go to the shoulders some are deflected all these land pretty clean and eventually you're getting a lot of these KOs um so we're, we're really really concerned about the concussion of course the repetitive head trauma and concussion but the concussion as well it's happening there's a lot of boxing matches guess what where they don't get knocked out you know um here's another thing i observed them again and i know you watched episode 1 as they're watching they're giggling like little schoolgirls. It just gave me this reminder of I can make two people do anything, and it reminded 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 me of bum fights. Yeah, and somebody had said something about a week ago. I wish I could remember who it was. I'm I laugh my ass off on on Twitter. I'd like to give them the credit. It's not my joke, but it just says, "Geez, I may have even been Ben folks. You know how how funny he is, but just boy, uh, bum fights came along." 20 20 years too early. Uh, But it really almost feels like, hey, let's offer these two bums money. You know they'll fight because they need it. And then we'll see something that's pretty much sloppy compete. And then guess what? When one guy gets hurt, we'll go, oh, hey, 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 all right. Merry Christmas or whatever. Happy New Year. Here you go. There's a little bit of that. But it just has that cheap feel, man, of cheap labor for
3: my entertainment type thing. Yeah, that's one of the parts that I didn't like about the, the whole thing was just seeing, um, you know, I had mentioned, I think I talked about this on the Triple G show. Initially, my review, I said, had nothing to do with Dana White and the situation that he's going through. I, it's just not for me, the power slot. But I think I was wrong because there was a lot of disgust for me in the fact that watching him sit there and just kind of laugh like he's watching like he's he, he's the host of ridiculousness or something yeah. you know, he's laughing at people's misfortunes and that uh yeah that kind of sit sat with me wrong so maybe i am a little biased in this but that was one of the things that i didn't like about it because because the show could still be the show without it right
0: uh what else What I was thinking was this. There was some times where when when I've seen Dana at these events, MMA events, when someone gets viciously knocked out, his look is, oh, shit. And then his face shows concern. Is that guy all right or whatever? In the meantime, the winner will then come to him, and then he'll celebrate by sometimes they come up to Dana, talk to Dana, and he'll go, congratulations or whatever but he's still in awe of the athletic spectacle that just took place, right? I don't see that little giggle, that little devious smile. Whereas here, I see it in the anticipation like, "Oh, here we go. They're rolling them out." You know, and then there's this little smile they get ready, and then boom boom, they're they're laughing at the shots. "That's all you can do." Goes to, as much as they try like, "Oh, he put his hips into it." He really has good form. Come on,
3: man. Like, we're,
0: it, it pales in comparison to what we see in MMA in terms of skills and talent. And then eventually some guy gets waxed and then goes, these guys are stumbling around like homo, hobos. Excuse me. Um, you see Forrest Griffin and some other guy trying to catch them and then not trying to catch them, stopping in midair like the Matrix. And then by some certain point, they got to be able to respond to the ref. Walk to the ref. Then the ref's waving it off. And then the worst goes, the worst is this. They had fighter A and B slap each other. Let's say A slap B, all right, and B gets knocked out. So then they go, hey, look, man, fighter A lifted his foot. He's disqualified. The winner's fighter B, who, by the way, is still fucked up on the ground all right, congrats to fighter B. He's going in the house, right? And then guess what? So this happened again, either in March or a few months ago, but you can tell Dana has recently filmed this and he'll say, well, so then the commission looked them over and said, Hey man, you're pretty jacked up. You can't go in the house. So we're giving fighter A the spot. (laughs) Oh my God, dude. You know, like that's the guy that just did something you're almost better off doing something illegal and just lifting the shit out of your foot dude i'm talking james uh what's his name um james uh james brown yeah no the football dave chappelle
3: Ah. Uh, dave chappelle yeah, yeah dave, uh rick james
0: rick james that's who it was yeah rick james i mean rick james style dude and just slam his face lift your foot it don't matter because if they disqualify you and he can't go, you're going in the house. Now, granted, they're all in the house by now, so this is just for future generations. But it was—they did that like two or three times. The guy that cheated and knocked the shit out of the other guy, and the other guy was fine. In fact, one time they did it back and forth, and they—they they explained that both guys had cheated, but yet yeah, we're still going to take the guy that was jacked up. And I—and when I replayed it in my head, if the. So they're not even catching the fouls. They're catching them using VAR or instant replay, you know, later on. Dude, you don't think the guy would have liked to have known that and not having to – because sometimes they'll slap each other a couple times. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, the guy would have liked to have known that because if he was disqualified, then he wouldn't have had to do it back to the other guy when, and then get one back in return. I mean, it's just – it's not organized. I keep hearing some of these guys saying, "I've been slapping for two years. Let them slap. Let them slap at the local bar or wherever it is that this takes place. Spring break. Um, I don't know. More, you know the the, the Sturgis in, in in South Dakota, the annual motorcycle thing. I fraternities, wherever it's happening, leave it there. I, I just honestly hope it's not a thing. I prefer the Olympics from Revenge of the Nerds to just do drinking events and." You know, who can ride a tricycle longer or whatever. That, This is just, I don't know, man. It's just a waste. He's yeah. a heaping pile of garbage. Um, I was telling my buddy Gabe last night, I go, if you send me a YouTube of this, I'd probably go, oh, shit. Wow. That was crazy, man. That was nuts. Hey, did you see the one I sent you about the guy that maybe fell down a hill? He was skiing and he wiped out. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, and. Okay, cool. And then maybe he might send me a bikini pick, and I might send him one back. And then that's it. Like we might not talk for a few days. That's what guys do. They send each other stuff of close calls or someone munching it, you know. And but we don't sit there and do it all day, and we don't make sports out of
3: it. Yeah, and part of part of it too is like, if you told me these guys were getting like twenty grand a match or something like that, I could at least just say, hey, this is a program that's not for me, but. Whatever, good for them, right? But they're barely getting peanuts for this dude. They're getting knocked out on national TV for peanuts. It's just, it's not fun.
0: And I can back it up actually, too, because Eric Spicely, former Mm -hmm. UFC middleweight, revealed that he was approached and uh, 2000 and 2000 was the contract. So, I mean, not that I was expecting them to make 200 grand and 200 grand, but yeah, this is just so primitive, and this is—I don't know. This this isn't a this this isn't a sport. You guys that are involved in this, if that's your thing, go do it. All right. That that's that's what we do here in America. You have a right to kind of do anything as long as it's legal. And I get that the UFC is at least trying to come up with a set of rules, but I just see you guys as tough mofos. Respect there, but I I'm. I'm not seeing uh, – I'm not going to – think I'm not, I don't think these guys are much – they're not athletes to me. Uh, and lastly, goes they did go to the PI and took them there, and they have the this thing that measures how you hard you can slap. Um, they're working on their muscles and how they can get them to turn quicker and develop this type of muscle and their neck resistance. It was so sad to see that because – they were using the UFC PI people, um, and it would say, like, PhD. Dude, who went to school for this? You know, like, and what's what's bad about it is the big boss is calling it all. I bet you it's just got to be the law of averages. Most people I'm talking to aren't really liking this. So I imagine most people at the PI probably aren't liking it either, but it's their job, and they're doing it, and they're trying to make – he called it – you know what? Here's another, t- another time where he kind of compared it to a major sport. And he said, yeah, this is kind of like um, our, our version of the combine, which is basically the NFL combine. Kind of like measuring their reach, their speed, their this. Dude, stop it. Because the last time he tried to compare the UFC to major sports, that's when we said, oh, yeah? Well, in major sports, fighters get or athletes get 50% of the revenue. You know, like, it, oh, my gosh, because it was such a frustrating episode. Last, last time I wrote down notes and names and everything, and this time I thought, well, I'm not going to talk about this too much longer, and I just didn't care to, because I saw it again repeat, and I was kind of watching it on mute, but um, it, it was more sad to me than anything. Uh, I, I Like I say, these guys are already, they're going in the house, by the way, um, now, and I guess next week they'll start doing their slapping competitions, but stuff will be based more on the house, and the house will be more of a reality show, so... Mm-hmm. I'm probably going to watch episode three just to see what they have to offer there at the house. But in terms of that, but I'm anxious to see what the viewership will be. Last week, AEW gave them the baton with like a huge lead. All you got to do is crawl and you will win the relay. And these guys went from a million viewers to 250,000 viewers. So that's not good. I guess they got caught at the end uh, of the relay. So I don't know how this is going to be. I mean, AEW is pretty successful and that's that's the handoff, but we'll see. All right, we got to get to our next guest. legend himself randy couture good friend of the show he'll be calling fights for the pfl throughout the year and uh, one of his first duties will be challenger series so let's catch up with the natural Junkie Nation, what's going on? Gorgeous Georgian goes reporting for duty here. Showing up with the general, Randy Couture, who's going to be calling fights. Looks like you got a busy uh, schedule ahead of you this year, Randy. Now with the Challenger Series, which starts on Friday. I hope you're familiar with Orlando. You're going to be spending a lot of time there. (laughs) Yeah, I I did uh, four
1: of the Challenger Series uh, shows last season. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm doing three of those shows this season. Out of the eight, they do eight Challenger Series. We've had uh, a couple of females and certainly uh, Delano Taylor and, and Carlos Leal, Leal uh, come through the Challenger Series into the regular season and make an impact last season. I expect more of the same this season with the Challenger Series. There's some very, yeah. very good talent.
0: Delano Taylor, the postman, he um, he went all the way to the finals. Yep, exactly. So, literally all in one year, it can happen. Your dreams can come true, unlike – and not to disparage, you know, Challenger Series back in the day with Strike Force or the UFC's Ultimate Fight or Dana White Contender Series—that's more of like a couple-year process. This one, it can all happen in in one calendar year. Absolutely,
1: and we've had a couple of examples of that. That's been pretty remarkable to see. Um, I mean, as if the regular season schedule isn't challenging enough, you know, fighting twice in the regular season and then going right into the playoffs and the championship fight adding a couple challenger series fights to that, to that schedule is pretty crazy
0: on top of that. And so what is, yeah, you're right. I mean, that is a lot of fights, a lot of mm-hmm. weight cuts. Um, I, I, but dare I say, is it too much? Cause you, cause that, I think that's probably a minimum of five fights in one year. Could that be too much for some of these athletes that are two and one, four and oh, seven and oh, too I early, think, much too early.
1: I think the, uh, Adding the Challenger Series fight to the to the regular season schedule for some for like Delano Taylor, what he did, or, or Carlos Leal, I mean that's a lot. That is a lot. Is it too much? I don't think it's a bit too much. These guys are young. They're resilient. They're smart. They're front loading their camps for the regular season so that they don't have trouble making weight, you know, every six weeks and and fighting again. Eliminating the elbows, uh, yeah. and the cuts that come I mean, with those elbows, is something that. that the PFL decided to do because they are asking the fighters to turn around as quickly as they are and compete again. So recognizing the challenge and the adversity that you're facing uh, is one thing. And that's one of the things um, that Anthony Pettis failed to do. And he admitted that his first season with the PFL. He's like, man, I didn't realize what I'd gotten myself into going into the second season. uh, He front loaded a lot better and, and kind of managed his time a lot better going into that season. Now he still struggled a little bit just because we have some tough cats in that Mm. weight class. But uh, it is definitely a challenge. Is it too much? I don't think it's too much. I think in the last 18 months of my career, I fought five times. Mm. Um, Probably the most active I was in my entire career. I'm sure that uh, the powers that be uh, were scratching their head. Oh, man, this guy might just finish this contract and we're going to have to deal with him again. Uh,
0: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, well, hey, listen, as you're calling the fights, I imagine in your head, you're computing, does this guy or gal have it to be ready for the regular season and maybe even get there? What is it? Like, what, what are you looking for? Because, again, maybe a 4-0 fighter might have something that the 12-1 and fighter more experienced just may not have.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's the composure, dealing with the adversity a lot of these fighters are stepping up. It's their first time on a big show, a bigger show, where they're getting that kind of exposure and, and that you know, dealing with that kind of uh, vulnerability. Frankly, um, how they take that and, and deal with that adversity is is really the 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 key. Uh, looking at that, evaluating certainly there's the technical aspect of the sport. How do they compete? Where are their strengths and weaknesses seem to be? Do they fit in this format? Where going out on that cage and scoring points is the, is the commodity. That's yeah. what you're going to need to do if you want to make it to the playoffs and get a shot at that title. So, I mean, all that all those variables come into to evaluating who's going to get that contract. Obviously, there'll be four Challenger Series fights on each one of those cards. The four winners are going to get to step out there, and we as judges get to decide which one we think has the most potential to, to step into the regular season or get a shot at a contract with the PFL.
3: You know, Randy, fighters are so much more well-rounded at the start of their careers now because they get into mixed martial arts early and learn a little bit of everything. And so we just saw Dana White's Contender Series alum, Jamal Hill, right? He just won a championship. Mm -hmm. Uh, For the PFL. it's it's come very close, very early in in their tenure. If you had to look into your crystal ball, when would you say uh, a Challengers alum would win it all?
1: Gosh, I mean, look how close Delano Taylor came. Uh, This season, uh, this last season, uh, made it to the finals and was in that fight the entire time, in my opinion, Uh, a great competitor and did a great job. Same with Carlos Leal. I mean, he showed glimpses of of pure brilliance in the way he approached uh, several of his fights in the regular season and and making it to the semifinals. So um, it's tough to predict who who that person's going to be that's able to come through that deal with that adversity face that head on and and manage it properly to get there but it's they're all
3: certainly capable of it i think his crystal ball's a little broken george <laughs> um <laughs> you've been yeah, a part
0: remember of, uh, when he used to give out picks in the middle of a pay-per-view and then go like <laughs> 5 and 0 oh? <laughs> yeah
1: well I, I, was, I was on a, a pretty hot streak there you know, yeah. going to the 90 percentile for a while, but mm-hmm. uh, the sport has exploded so much now. There's so many of these fighters I don't know. Uh, there, there's a new fighter on every street corner, it seems like, nowadays. <laughs> no. and, uh, man, keeping up with that has been a real challenge.
3: Well, you've been a part of three shows where the, it, it involves developing talent, right, with the mm-hmm. Ultimate Fighter, with Fightmaster, and now the Challenger yeah. Series. What are one thing that you could say all of those young fighters have in common? And then one thing that they all have in common as far as like maybe a detriment that kind of always seems to pop up for these guys?
1: Well, I think the thing they all have in common, and this is something that I, I had too, and I think every one of us is willing to, to face this sport and the adversity and try to make a living at it, is passion. You have to have a passion for this. This is a tough way to make a living. I mean, think about it. You're getting punched in the face for your money. It's There's nothing easy about it. And uh, and I think that's what every one of these young guys has, is that this is something they want to do, something they're very passionate about. They're willing to make the sacrifices and the adjustments that they need to make in their lives and in their training to be successful with this. And, and that's what you're looking for. If there's somebody out there that that's just doing this because they think they're going to get rich, because they think they can make money, they're in this for the wrong reason. You have to be passionate about this to do this uh i think the one common denominator with certainly all these young folks is that the lack of experience they just don't have the experience to know where they fit in where their strengths and weaknesses are yet that only comes by putting yourself out there and the more times you put yourself out there the more of that you start to figure out what works what doesn't work what you need to tweak what you need to adjust what areas of strength that you have what potential areas of weakness that you have that you need to spend time working and showing up and make them making those weaknesses strengths It's That experience is what these young guys lack. And opportunities like the Challenger Series give them an opportunity to step out there and gain that experience.
0: And it all starts on Friday, folks, the 27th on Fubo Sports, which is part of Fubo TV, 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific, the welterweights are uh, in action this week, Randy. Is that one of your favorite weight classes? Have you developed like a one, two, three as far as your favorites? I'm sure you, you said what? It,
1: it's become one of my favorite weight classes in the PFL for sure. We have some yeah. killers in this division. Um, Magomed, Magomed, Kirimov, I mean, Cooper, I mean, name it. There, there, there are some great fighters in this division. Um, mm-hmm. Excited, always excited to see them. Uh, it's a deep division. Uh, yeah, if you're gonna break into that lineup, you almost be careful what you wish for because there's some absolute killers in there,
0: yeah, including last year's champion training out of extreme couture, Sadabu C. Yeah, to him. I mean, he's the one that took out the postman who didn't deliver that night. Uh, <laughs> hopefully, I got you guys a stamp of approval on that joke. Uh, <laughs> Danny, uh, sorry, Randy, on, on the way out here, um just because you're a huge figure in the sport and huge news dropped earlier this year, Francis Ngannou, no longer with the UFC. Um, Heck, your name even popped up. The UFC said chat with Ran- with Randy Couture about a similar situation. And Francis said he did when he spoke, you know, on his own about that. What can you t- reveal about either your conversation or everything that went down with that uh, the big news here where, He's no longer with my,
1: you. My my only input to Francis was to stick to his guns. If this is something that, that he believes for his well being, his family, his you know his career, um, he wants to stand up for, then then by all means stand up. Uh, unfortunately, there's not a lot of other fighters that are going to get in line and and support him in that. I felt the same way when I you know, st- stood up in 2001 and fought over my ancillary rights. Uh, you know, again in 2006 over over you know being misled about what was going on and in, in where I stood in the sport at that time too so um, <clears throat> I don't really even know who Francis's manager is my my engagement with him is in the training environment with Eric Nixick who's one of his you know coaches his main coach uh, they asked me you know how I felt about this what was going on obviously Francis isn't the only one that's chirping about fighter pay and some of this stuff and Dana's certainly getting an earful from Jake Paul Um on this regard, you know, the difference in boxing and MMA. So um, I just told him to be true to himself, that this is what he wants, and he needs to hold their feet to the fire and get what he wants. And the money they came back with was pretty reasonable if you gauge where everybody else is at in the sport of yeah. mixed martial arts. Is it boxing money? Nowhere near. And ask Tyron Woodley, ask Ben Askren, ask Anderson Silva how much they made for those crossover, bo- ask Conor McGregor. How much they made for those crossover boxing fights so you know it's not out of the question to see that francis may end up in the boxing world there was some talk about that so i hope he ends up in the pfl i know that, that ray is talking to him and we'll see where he ends up but he'd be a great addition to the heavyweight division in the pfl and if you want a pay-per-view and, and that's a, a model that the pfl starting now man you put him with ante delia i would pay to see that fight that's a great fight so, and uh, so
0: would I, and so would you I. I, and that is
1: the I agree I, you know, I agree with everything that Francis is asking for, and there's nothing in, the, in those things, and he's made it pretty public. You know, And that money that they came back with was reasonable. It was within the realm, certainly, but by the gauge of everybody else that's fighting in the sport right now, that was a pretty fair offer on the financial side. So why not give him some health insurance? Why not give him an athlete's rep in those negotiations? Why don't all athletes have a voice when you start talking about making rules drug testing and all these other things that these guys sit in secret rooms and and decide how they're gonna treat us. Why shouldn't there be athletes reps and an athlete's voice in those conversations? Yeah. These are not unreasonable things to ask for. And yeah. this is the area in our sport we have a lot of growth uh, to do. We need some transparency in our sport. These 17 page BS contracts taking away all these fighters' ancillary rights in perpetuity. These guys wanna write a book, they're gonna to have to go get Dana White's permission to do that. Yeah. Uh, they want to be in a movie. They want to you know, any of these things. A video game company comes to one of these fighters and wants to make a, build, a video game around them. They're going to have to get the UFC's permission to do that. Mm-hmm. That's, In my opinion, that's wrong. That's the WWE model. And that's yeah. the type of antics that they're rewarding, too, is the guys that are creating drama, the guys that are talking smack, the guys that are doing publicity stunts. That's the stuff Dana likes, and that's the stuff he's going to reward. Is that what we're about? Is that what being a mixed martial artist is about? I don't think so. It's about Bushido. It's about respect, respecting your opponents. They're the ones that force you to do the work and sharpen the appropriate tools to go out there and win and be victorious in those cages. So That's what it should be about, and that's one of the things I like about the PFL. It's a meritocracy. You're going to go out there and score points and win fights. Otherwise, you're not going to make it to the playoffs. It's that simple.
0: Yeah, and I'm sure guys like Francis and Nick Nate Diaz are were in that position where they the walk away could be a lot easier by what you and some of your former fighter you know the, the guys have gotten together fought for that sunset clause. So credit to you guys, but yeah, we still have a lot of strides to make here when it comes to fighter yeah. you know the the, the the treatment of fighters. So
1: tell me, tell me that would be a great pay per view. Ante D'elia and Francis Ngannou, Diaz and Jake Paul and then you throw Kayla on there or the rematch with Larissa Pacheco, I would I would pay for that pay-per-view all day, any day. And Me I too.
0: Would,
1: that would be a great pay-per-view.
0: It would be a great pay-per-view, yeah. All right, well, we don't want to keep you from the next one, but thank you so much as always. I'm sure we'll talk to you out a lot throughout the season or see you down at Extreme Couture. But for today, thank you very much. We appreciate it. And folks, tune in on Friday on Fubo Sports for the first Challenger Series. And uh, thanks again, Randy.
1: And then catch the magic with the stars before that on the OC, on the OC. So right. got <laughs> so it. We, we are will. It All right, thanks we'll guys. You. Always great to see you. Appreciate you. you too. Thanks, man.
0: Oof. All right. Well, I'm glad we got our promotion in of the challenger series there. But how about at the end the passion he had there for you know for his his teammate and his friend Francis Ngannou and
3: and the the bold move he did a few weeks ago. Yeah, he he brought the heat on that, and you have to remember. Randy Couture went through something very, very similar in his, if you're kind of a new mixed martial arts fan, he went through something very, very similar in in his time that Francis did. So uh, a lot of knowledge there on not just how to handle the situation, but maybe the ramifications of it, right?
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, you can tell there's more to talk about on that topic with him. We kind of had a small window to, to talk to him and but i'd like to talk to him a little bit more about that because you could tell there was passion there and there was some stuff he felt like he was getting off his chest a little bit but anyway all right folks so listen that's our show for this week there's no uh mma aside from the challenger series there's no ufc there's no bell tour but tune into the uh, the challenger series again on fubo sports friday at 9 p.m eastern 6 p.m pacific remember one of these athletes, one of these welterweights, could try and repeat what Delano Taylor did last year, and that's win the Challenger Series and go all the way through to uh, the playoffs. And, of course, Delano Taylor made it to the finals, so maybe one of them can replicate that. And uh, thank you for your support. As always, don't forget to tune in to the Spinning Backlick Mondays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, and right now, I guess early promotion for UFC 284, taking place on February 11th. It's Saturday, February 11th, the normal standard times, 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific for the pay-per-view, 8 p.m. Eastern, uh, 5 p.m. Pacific for the prelims, nine fights, we'll be with you together. Don't get get caught looking at some publications that say February 12th, because it will be February 12th in Australia, but the event will be Saturday, February 11th. With that, we're out of here, go out and be a champion.